One other thing. I think it rips through your clothes when it takes you over. Windows found some shredded long johns, but the name tag was missing. They could be anybody's. Nobody... Nobody trusts anybody now. We're all very tired. Nobody trusts anybody now. nothing else I can do. Just wait. Hello, club members. I'm Chris, and for Christmas, all I want is for my invention to finally hit the market. What's your invention? Oh, it's a chocolate fountain boudet combo. All right. I'm Kate. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'm Kate. And all I want for Christmas is for clients to stop asking me how old I am. (laughs) How old are you? Getting getting really tired of it. I am 26. She looks 13 people. I mean, honestly. I literally, I like was giving bad news to a client and they were just like, by the way, you look 15 years old. I'm like, okay, anyway. <laughs> okay, but, okay cat. But, but just imagine it, right? Everyone, you're sitting down. You're not giving you're, me my Christmas wish. Doing your business. It's the opposite of what I wanted. Your toilet is cleaning you as it does. No! <laughs> And then next to you pops up a delightful chocolatey fountain for you to dip your fruit pieces in. You know that you keep above your toilet <laughs> those fruit pieces. They know. I'm just imagining this popping up on whenever I type in like gifts for her <laughs> or something. <laughs> oh, God. See you at Macy's next Christmas season. <laughs> Uh, you oh, could actually buy it now if you just go to use the coupon code <laughs> NHM Club. <laughs> yes, and you'll get no money off. It's really just it's there for looks. Anyways, today we are not <laughs> here to talk about chocolatey fountains or butt cleaning toilets or. We already did, though. Kate, so. Kate's baby face. We're My here to talk face. about um, John Carpenter's The Thing, which mm. um, it. Bu- if you haven't been to this podcast yet, uh, what are you doing here on episode 30 something or other? I don't uh, think that's what he meant to say. I think he meant to say, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. We welcome you. <laughs> yes. We are a horror movie podcast about by two veterinarians with very polar opinions on horror. Yep. We're confused too. Don't worry. <laughs> So yeah, every two weeks or so, we watch a different horror movie. We take some time away from our busy lives as veterinarians to do this. And this week, we are watching John Carpenter's The Thing. It was recommended to us by one of our most delightful listeners. Um, and yeah, pro tip, Drew. the only way to become a one of our most delightful listeners is to talk to us. We get lonely, please. So shout out to Bren. Bren is the one who gave us the suggestion for the 1982 version of The Thing. Um, that is important because we will talk about two other very different versions and a book. Yeah, of a different name. Of a, all, all of different names except for the 2011 version. So yeah. really, it's kind of hard to go wrong 
Um, so make sure it's the John Carpenter 1982 version if you haven't watched it yet. If you have watched it, fantastic. You'll know what we're talking about. But you're still going to enjoy this podcast even if you haven't watched it. I, a big portion of our viewership, I would say a solid 50% doesn't watch the horror movies. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, for And yet sure. here I am. <laughs> Chris does not have that luxury. I don't. I really wish I did. <laughs> you don't. Um. You'd probably still have very strong opinions, regardless of if you've seen it or not. Sometimes I wonder. Sometimes Did you Chris slip watch up. I'm this like, movie? I don't think he watched it. <laughs> but my forgetfulness is part of my charm, so it's hard to tell. Hard to tell. Sure. So this is actually um, John Carpenter's favorite film of his own. So I did not know that. Yeah, it's got to say something, right? Yeah, and that's kind of a big deal because later I'll talk a little bit about John Carpenter's cinema social anxiety. So yeah. don't go anywhere. <laughs> there's there's a lot of it and for a good reason. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so if you like um, talking about people's anxieties, if you like practical <laughs> monster effects, if you like a good underdog story, just don't go anywhere. To be clear, the underdog is not the thing. It's about the production of this movie. I think the thing is kind of the underdog, though. <laughs> I mean, I rooted for him. It. The this is a time, time where it's a dog, so. <laughs> I know, unless unless you're going for a really bad pun, the thing is not an underdog story. But it could be. But it could be. But I think the production of this movie definitely is. So I'm excited to talk about that. Absolutely, and you know what? I mean, this movie was banned in Finland. So, if that doesn't really? tell you what kind of movie we're dealing with here. Wow. And that's that's another thing I like about this movie because there are so many strong opinions about it in every sort of direction. But how do you get the entire how do you get an entire country to be like, nope, except for like that one time when North Korea was like, we really don't want the interview to happen. But that was fair. That one made a little bit. I don't think (laughs) there's quite the same parallel for this, but I hear you. Maybe this happened in Finland and they're like, hey, that was a dark time in our history. I think it's more because like people get their arms ripped off and like animals explode oh, and stuff. just because it's gross well that's lame i think so okay do you remember the exorcist when like everybody shut down movie theaters and everyone was having a panic attack yeah because they were uh, pea soup is a common phobia jesus christ well if <laughs> i then here we go because we have we got jam we got mayonnaise we got wax all sorts of bones. wax gelatin all sorts of things Involved in a huge majority of the thing is actually just KY lubricant on top of a dog sculpture. It worked. It It totally worked. worked. But we'll we'll talk about. I'm gonna try to withhold my opinions until later. But okay, same, same. I will also play this game of poker with you. We'll play it cool. I genuinely don't know how you're gonna feel about this movie. I was as I was watching it, I could not figure out which side of the fence you're gonna be on. Ooh, I like that. I can keep you guessing. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so genre time. What is the genre of this movie? Lube horror, as I've just alluded. No. Space horror. It's not. That would make it sound like it's in space. Part of it's in space. So I thought. I thought really hard about this, and I think that this. No, it's it's definitely alien horror, but it's more than that. So I, I did call it snow horror. No, you didn't. I was like, we can probably use that for a lot of things. <laughs> what else can Just we use that, that for? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night? Nope. That's Santa horror. Or breast horror. No, that's 
every movie we've seen. True. At least all the 80s films. Okay. This is the first 80s film that is not canonically breast horror. Yeah, there We've are zero it. women in this movie. There are no it. women. If there had been one woman, oh, and there was, there was one woman that was in this movie, and she did have her breast shown. It was a blown-up doll, a blow-up doll, oh. and they took it out of production. That is the only woman that was cast, quote unquote, cast in this movie. So that's 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 how you make an '80s film without breasts. Just don't include women at all. <laughs> yeah, women are like, wait, that's not what we meant. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. <laughs> No, for the genre for this one, I decided it is sci-fi whodunit horror. Nah, that seems niche. I I think it's fitting because I don't want to just call it a sci-fi because I think it's it has something that's very different than other sci-fi. It is sci-fi though, I agree. Yeah, but it, it's a hundred percent sci-fi, but it's also very much like a mystery. Yeah, so it's like if you take the Alien franchise and merge it seamlessly with the board game Clue, that's essentially what we're dealing with here. <laughs> Colonel Mustard gets messed up. (laughs) And it wasn't with a candlestick. (laughs) No. It's like Colonel Mustard with a flamethrower. Amazing. Mrs. Peacock with a flamethrower. Really, flamethrower is your (laughs) only Professor Plum with a (laughs) flamethrower. That's the only weapon. It's a really fast game. (laughs) Oh, my God. So this movie, um, as we said, this is the 1982 one. Um, It was directed by John Carpenter. A lot of you might know that name. He's kind of that Halloween guy. Yeah. From 1979. I wonder if his family was Carpenters. Perhaps, Kristen. (laughs) Perhaps. The writer, um, I'm going to say Bill Lancaster because he did the screenplay. Obviously, we we said that this this was a novel or a novella, rather. It was written by... A, a really popular sci-fi writer, John W. Campbell Jr., and he wrote a novella in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what? No, 30s. It was 30s. It was old, yeah. Yeah, 30s. And it was called Who Goes There? Terrible name, but apparently a very good book. Yeah, so, terrible name, but also the the, the plot line is a little different. The movie is not, or or the alien itself is is very different in the book, I guess. No. Yes. Not at all. Yeah. It's super similar. No, in the book, the alien has like a true form though. Whereas in this movie, it kind of doesn't. Not what I read. I read the a couple of book synopses and it it was very, very similar to the movie, the 1982 movie. But in the book, the, the alien has like a, a form that's like an, a green alien or something with three eyes and like tentacles or something. I think you're thinking about the 1951 movie. I'm not. Are you sure? Positive. Okay. Well, I didn't read that, but I'll trust you on it. But yeah, so it did become a book, I mean, a movie pretty quickly in 1951. It was a book with an equally very silly, very 50s title called The Thing from Another World. There they did it. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll talk talk more about that movie in detail, but long story short, garbage. So then... (laughs) So then now nowadays, I mean, obviously we have this movie, the 82 movie, and we had the 2011 adaptation, which again, I'll talk about in a minute. But also now someone is writing a sequel to the original novella from the 30s. Writing a book sequel? Yes. No, that seems overdone. <laughs> it's just, it, I mean, I, I so I looked this guy up. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, you have got some guts. And so I looked it up. I looked him up. And so this guy also wrote four Star Trek novels. So I don't think he really cares what people think. No, and he's a fan fiction writer at best. Yes. He also has a, a heavily detailed Wikipedia, which he clearly, clearly. himself. Yes. 
it's so I'm like, all right, you go, dude. Like you do your thing. <laughs> Someone's got to write read it. it, but like <laughs> you do your thing. Um, and obviously it has like kind of a star-studded cast. We got Kurt Russell mm-hmm. as the main character, McCready. And um, the only other actor that I knew was Keith David, who was Childs. Yeah, I knew um, the I, others. You knew Kurt Russell. Yeah, though. I did. Yeah. And Keith David. Okay, so um, I looked up Keith David's because I recognized his voice before I kind of placed him. Mm-hmm. And he does a lot of voice acting, it turns out. And the reason I recognize him so quickly is because right before I played, right before I started this movie, um, Nick and I, my fiance and I, were playing Halo 2. And Keith David's voice is the arbiter in Halo 2. He's like one of the alien creatures. God, you're such a nerd. It was, it was <laughs> oh, like, I was very excited. Starstruck. Like, oh my God. I was, I was starstruck. I was so excited. It's like, you were in that video game from 2003. I'm sure that's where he wants to be remembered. He's remembered. He's from so many different things. He was on Community. He was in. He was in Wicked. Oh yeah, he did a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's kind of a big deal. So like, good for you, Keith Davids, and he did a really good job in this movie. That's my only opinion. I'll drop so far. I think the acting in this movie was fantastic. Absolutely. Look, I, I won't. I won't argue that you there. I mean, especially as far as like the '80s films that we've covered so far, like leaps like and bounds for above any of them. I mean, this is Halloween, Silent like, Night, Deadly Night, Slumber Party. Yeah. I feel like a part of this is that we're not trying to cast that teenage role. Yeah. We, yeah. So it's it's like, no, these are mature actors and we're going to let them act like mature actors. And s- suddenly the acting becomes better. Whoa. <laughs> Amazing. Who'd have, who'd we didn't do thought? an open call for a random 15 year old. <laughs> No, Kurt Russell was involved in the production of this movie before he was even cast. He was the last person to be cast. What was he doing? He He's friends with John Carpenter. Oh, he's just like palling around? Yeah, he was helping him write it. He helped him write the McCready character. He was helping just with production details. He was just like getting getting involved. And then he, they were like, hey, we want you to be this main character. And he said... I mean, maybe I'll keep my options open. He's like, damn straight. I curated it for myself. Yeah. Like, I just, I got a very profound respect from Kurt Russell reading about him. Also, his relationship with Goldie Hawn fascinates me. Uh, I mean, it fascinates everyone. I know. My God. Fascinating. (laughs) But we're not here to talk about Goldie Hawn. No. Unfortunately. And we're not, we're not yet to talk about our opinions, but I will give you some opinions of other people if you'd like. Sure. So it's kind of weird talking about the the critical reception of this movie because first of all it did terribly in its opening that i that i knew i didn't mean i try not to look up reviews but that one if you type in the thing it's pretty hard to avoid yeah and it it was just a real letdown um especially because did was this before or after halloween this was After. after halloween yes yeah so john carpenter he really expected it to do well everyone sort of expected it to do well and then the critics right out the bat hated it and then it just really didn't do well. And you'll talk mm-hmm. more about the box offices. Yeah. But but it just, it was yeah. not a popular thing. But nowadays, the ratings are all a lot better because now it has that nostalgia um, type of effect on it. So mm-hmm. so IMDb um, actually thinks this is more than just a movie. They give it an 8.1. That's extremely is, high. That's easily one of the highest ones that's we've the had. Highest, that's the highest one we've had. We have not had anything above a 7 point something. 
No, I'm. I think we've had a couple that were higher. I don't than that. think so. I can't. I can't think of one. Regardless, can't, super super. Can't off high. the top of my head. It was higher than Troll too. Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then the the Rotten Tomato meter, the critics give it an eighty four percent. So those are all the new critics, essentially. Yeah, that is not what I thought that it was going to get. No, and then the audience score is also one of our highest. It's ninety two percent. Really? Yeah, people love this movie. It did so poorly. And yet, yeah, it did so poorly. It did so poorly. So like... Ahead I of wa- its time, I guess. I guess. So the budget for this movie was $15 million, which we'll talk... I have more details about the budget because the budget was way higher than it was supposed to be. Um, but $15 million, And in the box office, it made $19.6 million. Well, at least it broke even. That's horrible, Chris. <laughs> and like, and that frustrates me whenever I remember that Halloween made $60 million. That is so infuriating. On like a $3 budget. <laughs> infuriating. They're like, how much did those leaves cost? Bag them I up. Know. We're bringing them back to Michael's. Do you? <laughs> I still got the tag. Do you have any other um, critic reviews that you'd like to share? Because I, I don't know if I can hold my opinion in for much longer. Well, I do want to um, mention the Austin Chronicle. Sure. My favorite. Because that's what we do. And I, I don't know, Kate. I think we like the Austin Chronicle now, or at least you do. You're about to tell me your opinion. Oh, your face! (laughs) So Austin Chronicle gives this a 100 out of 100. (gasps) You're joking. No, and, and and they wrote like a glowing review of this movie. I can't... Those cynical bastards, they actually liked something. I f- they've liked a lot of movies lately. Recently, I, they I have. I honestly can't remember what we got upset they, with them. Over. I don't know. It they was probably early on. fired whoever that first dude was. I think they hated Creep or something, like our third episode or they something. Hate, and- they hated Creep. They were so mean to Creep. Okay, so they give it 100%. That's insane. And But actually, one of the only like strong negative reviews I could pull up was mm-hmm. the New York Times. And they wrote their They're review the board. back in 1982, right? Sure. And I just want to read the first paragraph of this of this review from back in 1982. Okay, so the New York Times says, John Carpenter's The Thing is a foolish, depressing, overproduced movie that mixes <gasps> horror with science fiction to make something that is fun as neither one thing or the other. Sometimes it looks as if it aspired to be the quintessential moron movie of the 80s, a virtually storyless feature composed of lots of laboratory concocted special effects with the actors used as merely props to be hacked slash disemboweled and decapitated finally to be eaten and then regurgitated as guess what more laboratory concocted special effects there may be a metaphor there may be a metaphor in all this but i doubt it okay so none of that is true they hated this movie that like vehemently garbage that is foul and unfair how dare you? How dare you, 1982 New York Times writer? I mean, it's de- definitely unfair, especially to say that the actors were just yeah, props. Yeah, that's not like... As we just said, I do think the acting was one of the strongest features of this film. The special effects was also one of the strongest features of this film. But I, I do think that the special effects is why people hated it early on. I think it was just too gruesome for people. It was also very different. And that's and I'll talk about that in, in a minute because... Long story short, I am obsessed with this special effects creator, Rob Bottin. Mm-hmm. But 
like it was it was it was very different the production team was trying to make something different and it I, t- from what i've been reading it's it was this perfect storm of people did not want a nihilistic movie it was over the top crazy special effects and a very very different weird genre and people were not there for it <laughs> No, and that's actually a really good point about the nihilism part. We'll we'll get to it, but I think the ending really bothered people. It did. It very much did. Which, which is fair. I mean, I was bothered by it too. But I think no, I loved it. Oh, I loved it so much. It no, I think so I think it it's what gives the movie um, character. I actually I have, think the movie would be worse had the ending been. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Yeah, don't tell them the ending. So there are three endings that they cho- they choose they chose from, and two of them they actually tested with test audiences. And, and the movie still did poorly. That sucks. It still did bad. Well, to be fair, they chose an ending that tested not as well with audiences. Oh well, there they you knew go. that, and the studio was like that one. And John Carpenter said, "Actually, no, I don't care." <laughs> 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 he stood his ground, and it did not pay off. So. It did eventually. Eventually, yes. Eventually it did great. So I just, I have to talk about John Carpenter because I kind of feel bad for ragging on him a little bit in all the Halloween episodes. Yeah, because he, that movie sucked. Yes, that movie sucked really bad. And But he, I feel really, I feel really bad for him. So he was hot off of Halloween, right? And he was, he was, he was, okay, let's start, let's start even before that. Let's start even before that. All right, here, here okay. he is. 1960s, a lonely carpenter, (laughs) dreaming of becoming one day a movie maker, but now only stools. He was pretty much, so they were the the two producers are Foster and Terman who made this movie. And in the mid 70s, they were like, they were talking about, hey, let's redo whatever they, the, the butchered, let's redo that butchered movie remake of this book. Mm -hmm. I think we can do it way better. And um, we, we, we don't need to do John Campbell like that. And so they got Universal Pictures to get the rights because that's what you do first. And then they went to John Carpenter in 76 to do the movie. And he was like, oh, that sounds good. At that point, John Carpenter was like a nobody. Right. He just did independent movies. Just a he carpenter. Was, he was just a lonely carpenter. And he was kind of like, oh, yeah, I could maybe do it. And Universal said no. We don't want John Carpenter. He's a nobody. This is in 1976. Halloween comes out a couple years later, 78, but this is 1976. <laughs> so Universal made a big mistake and they were like, no, we don't want him. So they hired Tobe Hooper, who had done Texas Chainsaw Massacre for them because he already worked for Universal and that's how these things work. Mm-hmm. And so he pitched his project and it was garbage and the producers were like, absolutely like, no. And so the project pretty much just froze up for a few years. <laughs> He was like, all right, we have an alien. It's from space. It has chainsaws. Uh, <laughs> I would totally love that movie. <laughs> we moved the setting to, say, I don't know, Texas. It could be anywhere, though. <laughs> he just, like, remakes oh, the Texas like, Chainsaw Massacre, but with an alien. Yes, I love it. His name is Alien Face. It's going to be great. <laughs> so then that was in um, the mid-70s, and the, the project froze up. And so then Alien with Sigourney Weaver, happened in 1979. Wow, that movie is so much older than I think it is. Sigourney Weaver is like 18 in that movie. She's like a child. (laughs) (laughs) So Universal was like, ooh, let's like hop on that sci-fi horror train. Yeah. And so they weren't really... alien movies. Yeah, let's do it. And so they weren't weren't turning their nose up at 
that poor little Mr. Carpenter anymore. No. Also, because Halloween happened in 78. So they were like, mm, maybe we had a good idea on our hands. Maybe we should go back to our producers and like give them a little bit more credit. So now Carpenter wasn't so sure if he wanted to join the project because of his social anxieties, which had started happening. So he didn't want to do it because he didn't. This is what's insane to me. He didn't think he could top the 1951 movie. Oh, which God. I haven't. I have I, li- listeners. You haven't gotten to hear what that movie was, but self like his self-confidence must be pretty freaking low. And I don't understand how your self-confidence can be that low when your bank, st- bank statement is so high. Cause he had already right. finished Halloween, which right. again, grows $60 million. Maybe he, like, he deep down was like, wow, Halloween was a terrible movie. And I just lucked out <laughs> that people for some reason liked it. I think he had just hardcore imposter syndrome from being told he was nothing until he put, you're all just a carpenter, John. <laughs> so, um, so fans of Halloween will also recall that the budget for that movie was literally like $4 and nobody had faith in it. Like nobody wanted to help him with that movie. Mm-hmm. And so he had pretty much been told that he was nothing. But Carpenter um, got his Halloween cinematographer to join the team. And so then he kind of went in with this newfound confidence like, hey, I can I can do this. Yeah. And so that's how the movie happened. But then, <laughs> then everyone said, John, this is garbage. <laughs> so I don't know. He's probably having a hard time around yeah. 1983, but he's doing okay now. I'm not worried about him. I'm sure no, he's, he's fine. I'm, yeah, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to start talking about the book and the movies. I have to. All right. Let's, let's, what order do we do it in? Let's do, start from the 30s. Let's go with, with the, with the book. Okay. Oh, you know what? I don't know if we should actually, because I don't want to give too much away. You're right. Maybe we'll just like talk about yeah. this movie and then as yeah. things are relevant. Okay. So we're going to hold off and tell you guys about um, the book and the movie a little bit as we're going through the film because we don't want to give any too much spoilers right away because then talking about the movie won't be very fun. Yeah. But I do have to talk about the special effects. Also, wait. Of which there are many. At first, I want to talk about the reason that this movie did so poorly. Okay. I'm I'm sure you know the true reason as well. So I I read a lot about this movie after I saw it because it's fascinating. And the fact that there was such... There's such a change in its reception over the past mm-hmm. like 30 years. It's fascinating. Um, but after reading a lot, I've pretty much distilled everything down and sleuthed out that the reason that the thing did so poorly is because of E.T. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. It's because of E.T. So Chris knows this because Chris did his homework. But E.T., Chris, what year, what year did E.T. come out in? 1982, Kate. Correct, Chris. Correct, Chris. So E.T., for those of you who have not seen it, a very happy it. movie. You, excuse me. I'm kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> Kate literally scary. always had a heart attack. <laughs> like her face dropped. I've never seen her so disappointed. I was confused and it's hurt. Like I, it's like I told her that I never actually potty trained myself, and that's why that's, I need a boudet. That's, that's the face I made. I'm really okay. So you've seen ET. I I really thought you were gonna be like, oh, it was too spooky growing. It up. was it was spooky. <laughs> the way he held up his finger and it glowed. It ooh, glowed. Shivers. To be fair, I had an ET doll when I was little, and I hated it. But whenever you're afraid of something when you're little, you just kind of ignore it until nighttime, and then you just stare at it. And so this doll had a had a glowing. You had such a healthy childhood. 
explains a lot, doesn't it? So th- it was like this puppet thing. It was plastic, and it had the chest that glowed and the finger that glowed, and it was just on a very high shelf, and it would just look at me in my bed. Oh God! So I don't, I don't have great feelings about E.T., but it's a fantastic movie. But that is neither here nor there. So E.T. is a happy movie. It's got decent special effects. It's about this adorable alien popping on Earth for a visit. People loved in drag, it. Oh my God! Eating they Reese's lost their pieces. Shit. <laughs> Lost people their shit. lost their shit over this movie they're like and phone it- home you beautiful <laughs> little alien it ends with et heading to his home planet in a tearful happy ending that stole the hearts of millions and so let's now remember the movie we're talking about it's about an alien not very that similar to not e. that <laughs> very Parts different outcome glow in a way <laughs> except he kills very, people very different violently outcomes. very violently <laughs> Um, so these movies like came out into theaters at like the exact same moment. So people are like, huh, which one should I pick? Like, which alien vibe do I want? <laughs> also important to know that during this time in 1982, it was, they were still in the middle of like this big economic recession. There was 11% unemployment rate in that summer when all these came out. So people wanted cheesy crap. People like, they just wanted. I only budgeted $4 for alien themed <laughs> cinema this year and honestly <laughs> i just i just don't know if i can i couldn't I mean, risk I can't it see both i can't risk i it. didn't budget it that way i have four dollars for a rom-com four dollars for <laughs> alien themed movies how was i to know there'd be two <laughs> the choice was was pretty clear it was clear it was clear everyone went with et and don't get me wrong i love et but it's it's not really apples to apples, is it? Uh, not in retrospect, <laughs> no. No, it's not. So I, I think, um, love you, T, but it's 100% your fault that John Carpenter <laughs> totally has is. social anxiety. <laughs> you you did this. You did this. Look at it. <laughs> Look what you've done. <laughs> Look what you've you done. adorable little grandma. <laughs> you adorable drag-wearing Reese's Pieces eating <laughs> demon alien. How old is E.T. supposed to be? I can't tell if he's supposed to be seven or 700. It's like that Baby Yoda conundrum. If I have to hear about Baby Yoda one more goddamn time. I, I'm with you. I do. Over it. So over it. I haven't over seen the Baby Yoda. Yet. I haven't either. Okay, I am glad to hear that it's not actually Baby Yoda and people are just like that basic. Oh, it's not? That, no. Because Mandalorian takes place. It's like a postquel, essentially. Like Yoda is already alive and or already dead during this movie. So what yeah so he's just a he's just a member of yoda's species but people can't seem to separate that out mm, we okay. are t- wow that is a tangent we are not here to <laughs> unpack the star wars franchise about, about a tv show neither of us have clearly missed <laughs> but we have opinions about we regardless have strong feelings <laughs> oh well before we talk about the movie which i can't wait to talk about let's talk about the special effects uh, okay so Regardless, should we just say how we feel about the movie? I'm dying to know how you feel about this movie. No, I'm not going to tell you. Ah! Okay. But we know you love it. I honestly don't guys, know why you're even guys, bothering to pretend guys, like you were holding those cards close to your so chest. I love this movie so much. I love it so much. I love it so much. It's the best movie ever. It's fantastic. And the special effects are bomb. I literally so, have no doubt in my mind. Literally two scenes in, I'm like, Kate fucking loves this movie. <laughs> 
It's amazing. It's so amazing. I can't wait to tell you all why. But the special effects is a humongous part of it. And this is the only thing that I knew about this movie. The only thing I had seen of this movie was on one of my like creepy horror forums. And it was the scene, the chomp scene, the chest chomp. I'm amazed you haven't seen this movie before. I have never seen this movie before. I'm surprised you didn't like see a gif of that scene and then immediately download this movie. I don't know why I did. It's very out of character for you. I couldn't remember what it was called. I was like, The Blob? I keep trying to call it The Blob. I'm pretty sure there's a movie called The Blob. It is. It's from the 50s. It is not like this. (laughs) (laughs) Not the same. But the special effects in this movie, you guys, are so freaking good. So there's Rob Bettine, who is 23 years old whenever he got involved in this movie. He's never done a big movie like this. I hate knowing that. And he freaking blew it out of the park. So Universal gave the special effects team $200,000. Damn. L O L O L. gonna like I'm I'm gonna need that just for the amount of lubricant I'm gonna purchase for this alien. <laughs> uh, he hundred percent turned around and said, So that's one husky paw. Can you give me <laughs> try again? But that was the highest the studio had ever given to a monster movie. And so they were like, Here you go. That was great for Wolfman. And they're like, I don't think you know what this project is. Yeah. So they said, Can you please give us seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Oh damn. And Universal just agreed. And so they they saved that money later by whenever they filmed the destroyed the Norwegian camp, like ruins of the Norwegian camp. They just used the same set of the American camp after it was destroyed. Right. That makes total sense. It's clever. Um, So they kind of made up for a little bit of it, except for not really, because the end budget ended up being closer to one and a half million dollars for the special effects alone. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Again, the highest that the company had ever done before was two hundred thousand. Wow. But I mean, like, so were, this movie is almost entirely special effects. While I disagree the with the New York effects. Times that the actors are props, this movie is almost entirely special effects. But, like, they're, like, they're real special effects. They're not, like... They're practical effects. Yeah, they're, they're not, like, effects. you know, this is pretty cgi It's crazy eyeball. Yeah. And, that, and honestly, so the fact that it's practical effects, like, it's, it's, ru- it's foam rubber, it's innovative puppetry, it's jam and ky jelly and creamed corn like they they made these things so that's what makes it stand the test of time for me personally because whenever i watch movies that have except for lord of the rings you guys did a great job but whenever i watch movies that have so much that are so cgi heavy they don't hold up and they're hard to watch yeah and this movie is like 800 years old and i could not look away from it like it was fascinating to Mm. watch because like even if you know Someone's arms did not actually get chomped off, right? Like, let's talk about the chest chomp scene. So we have Doctor Copper who's trying to defibrillate one of the characters, and the and they oh actually God. have the. No one has any idea what you're talking about. People who watch this movie did. You forget that people watch horror movies. No, I know, but like, why don't we just talk about the special effects as they happen? No, I want to talk about the chest chomp. Oh my God, Kate, grow up. <laughs> Fine. People are going to be confused. So again, Botine is 23 when he's making this movie. And the movie only filmed for like a few months for the That's actual actually filming. the most surprising part. Yeah. I would have expected filmed... this to have taken literally hundreds of years. It, and it didn't. And that's really impressive. But so it, the filming itself was only a few months. But for the special effects, it took them over a year to get the special effects done. And it got to the point where um, Botine was so he had to be hospitalized for exhaustion. Well, that's and also for, not good. No, that's bad. So he, because he's 23 and he's busting his butt trying to do these, 
this entirely new type of practical effect in puppetry. And he got two stomach ulcers and pneumonia. And he's like, I got to leave. And so they got Stan Winston, who had done Alien, the special effects in Alien, and also has since won four Oscars for his special effects. And so he took over and he did the dog monster effect, which was really fantastic, like the husky. Oh, okay. Like the the husky one, it's like a full on like blob thing. Mm-hmm. But that's literally all he did, and Bettine did the rest. Wow, which is to me fantastic. That does explain why the because those who have seen Alien know that the monster that the aliens drool a lot with their weird little lubricant <laughs> drool. That yeah. explains why the dog was so much slimier than the. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Mm-mm, more, more. No, keep. I'll, more I'll, I'll tell you when to stop. <laughs> yeah. How about I just say when? All right. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I'm imagining him like at Olive Garden, just like, mm-mm, mm-mm. no, keep grating the cheese. Keep going. More. More. I'll tell you. Don't worry. <laughs> don't you worry. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. We have to dive into this, the plot. Because unlike what the New York Times says, I think the plot is outstanding and also very closely um, follows the novel, unlike either of the other movies. I mean, first of all, this movie has a plot, which is saying a lot for a lot of the horror films that we've watched. Like, it is. It has there a, is a an solid underlying plot. story here that is not completely removed from the special effects, but like there's a there's something there's a reason we're watching what we're seeing. Yes, you know? mm-hmm. which is refreshing. It is, unfortunately, yeah, it's kind of refreshing. <laughs> so basically, the movie opens in ambiguous Antarctica. Not sure how to be more ambiguous about it, though. It's there's snow. Snow. Mm-hmm. And there's a husky running all by its lonesome that is being followed by a helicopter. And at first I'm like, oh, the, the, the dog's smelling something out and they're following. No. Not quite. That, that little head cannon of mine got dismi- demystified real quick when the helicopters are shooting well, at the, the bullets dog. start flying <laughs> but it's funny because like the shots from the helicopter look like they're literally two feet away from the dog and then the dog's perspective they're like a mile away and the yeah they're really far <laughs> really bad at shooting but i i didn't look it up but do you know if they actually shot rounds at a dog <laughs> like in t- like intending to miss <laughs> but did they shoot at this dog no they did not shoot at the dog maybe they did though they definitely didn't but okay they because they this dog is a very expensive dog yeah they're not gonna just shoot it <laughs> you you forgot a really important opening scene before that opening scene oh right so the movie actually opens very akin to star wars where no. we see a spaceship flying through the air and then it sort of moves towards the earth and you get the impression that a crash lands yeah so whether it's like star trek or not i think it's kind of pertinent for our listeners star to know wars that there's a spaceship oh my god like it matters in it this context. matters <laughs> all the time <laughs> okay baby yoda so we're in antarctica and it's 1982 and it's winter and we see this husky meanwhile kurt russell is a very sore loser while playing a game of computer chess oh that's right yes <laughs> he's playing and then they get checkmate and he just 
opens up the computer and pours the rest of his scotch into it. Oh, I love that the computer makes a move and he says some sashy shit like, oh, wow, not here to play today, are you? And then <laughs> yeah, he makes his right. move and then the computer's like, mm, checkmate. Checkmate. <laughs> he's like, what? He's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> Pour scotch into the fuck CPU you. or whatever. <laughs> Which I'm sure that was a very expensive game of jazz. I'm sh- uh, in Antarctica. You're not getting another one. <laughs> that was it, Russell. Like I said, sore loser. That's all you get. Oh, and and so like, th- so we know that this movie is like taking place at an Antarctica research station, right? Yeah. They t- mm-hmm. they tell us the number. I can't remember which number. Fifty-one. Outpost thirty-one. Thirty-one. 31 yeah. Close. Outpost thirty-one. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worth pointing out that this movie has actually become like a long-standing staple of antarctica culture if you want to put it that way because it's a tradition now that at all british antarctic research stations they watch this movie at the beginning of every um like they have like a midsummer feast thing every june 21st and they watch this movie every year that's fantastic actually i i was reading in um or i I watched it in one of the documentaries about this movie that they watched this one the 2011 one and the original one Every single oh, so year. So they have a, a full-on marathon. Yeah, they have a full marathon for this. Which, you know, if I had just isolated myself in a research station in Antarctica, would I want to watch a movie about a bunch of men stranded in a research station in Antarctica getting murdered by an alien? And therein lies the core difference between Chris and Kate. <laughs> there it is, people. <laughs> I'd be like, I brought popcorn. Oh, my God. She's like on a cruise. Let's, Let's watch The Meg. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, no. I love it. I love it. So yes, we're at we're at this research base. It's an American research base, and we got this twelve man research crew that's getting ready for. They're packing everything up and getting stuff prepared for winter. What are they researching? No fucking clue. Irrelevant. It is not important. It's about to change what they're researching. I'll yeah. tell you that. Um. So this is one key difference. Is not really important at all. But in the book, it's like a much bigger research base. It's like thirty something people, and they narrowed it down to twelve, which I think was smart because we got some actual character development yeah yeah 30 would have been obviously way too many i cannot follow 30 freaking people oh my god and you'd be like are they the alien what about that random guy standing (laughs) in the back i can't i know i can't it would be impossible too many people for this agatha christie (laughs) sci-fi and then there were 29 (laughs) (laughs) they were like oh great that narrows it down (laughs) so okay so we're at this research station and this dog is being shot at. <laughs> yeah, we've Merged covered that, the Chris. <laughs> so the dog <laughs> runs up to the research station and like the all the guys come out and they're like, why the hell is this helicopter coming? The dog runs up and starts licking one of them. And he's like a little unfazed by this. I think he should be a little bit more reactionary the, to the dog, this dog the that he did not know oh, about. Yeah, yeah. And then so the helicopter lands. And the guy gets out and he's screaming at them in Norwegian. And they're like, hey, guy, what's wrong? Bam, bam. He just starts Whips shooting. Out his gun. He's, like, he's still trying so to anyway, shoot So anyway, I started dog. blasting. <laughs> and so that goes on for a little while. He shoots one of them in the leg. Mm-hmm. And then... It grazes it. Like grazes it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, I can't remember who. The guy who was and in charge Kurt at the beginning. Russell or something. No, it wasn't Kurt Russell. It was the white-haired guy. Um, he just like doesn't open the door he just smashes a window with his gun because that's what i would do in antarctica oh yeah yeah yeah. and then he right. shoots him right in the head so Nor- so norwegian man zero dog one it's, that's our score that's our score 
And so they're like, okay, well, that was weird. I guess we're keeping the dog, though. And then we have this one researcher guy who keeps the dogs. And you can tell that he's a little socially awkward. And he's like the dog guy. It's really sweet. Yeah. And so he takes the dog and <laughs> puts him with all of the, with all of their other huskies and stuff. Well, at, at first, he's just kind of like walking around the camp with him. Yeah. Like, like the dog's just like walking around hanging out with people, which isn't super normal. No, and he's like, hey, like, this is our home. This is where we eat. This is where we sleep. You're a dog. You don't need to know any of this. But if it comes up later, <laughs> like, here you go. Here you go. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, totally. Woof. And so they make him go. <laughs> Chris. So, so the dog's hanging around. Yeah. And the other guys are like, well, that was pretty fucked, though. So we should try to figure out where the Norwegian man came from. So I think Kurt Russell and two other people who I don't care about. Um, I, f- I forgot all of the other characters. I know Ru- Kurt Russell and so Childs. Kurt, Kurt Russell. Those are the kind of the important ones. And then there's Copper, who is the doctor. And then there's... There's the oh, science guy. The only smart yeah, the, science the, guy. The biologist. Blair. Blair is the Blair. biologist. And he is he is an important character. And we'll get to him. But right now we have Copper, who's the doctor. And then we have McCready, who's going to the Norwegian base, kind of trying to figure out why they were trying to kill a dog right because that's abnormal behavior yes it is and they're kind of like screaming gibberish at them the whole time and like freaking out and not explaining themselves so they're like something's up so they go to they find the norwegian base and it has just completely been blown to bits there's like holes everywhere and there's a bunch of dead people there's one person that's barricaded up in a radio room and is like frozen and he's slit his throat and his wrists bodies that were burned yeah, there's a lot of like arson and suicide here. And then like a room with a big ice sarcophagus. Yeah. And we're like, well, that's that's bad. Suspicious. <laughs> suspicious. Um, and then they also find this like burnt, frozen, melted double creature. And they're like, well, that's also suspicious. We'll bring <laughs> that one back. I would probably bring it back too. Oh, of course I would. Yeah. Yeah, it's a they're a research post, and also let's just be clear: this research post has the bravest biologist slash autopsy person on the planet, or the dumbest, honestly. No, like he's curious. I'll give him that. So they bring back this um <laughs> this corpse, and so their biologist Blair doesn't blink and just starts slicing him open. Yeah, he's like, "All right, let's get to the meat of it. Let's figure it out." Yeah, it's got two bodies, and they're melted together. What's up? Cuts it open and and we are treated to like a full autopsy sequence, which is awesome. Right. Nick didn't care for it, but I, I mean, it's it was is kind of a cool scene. So like we've got like this two headed human creature that looks like it was either trying to rip apart or blend together, and then he's just like slicing around in there and he's just pulling abstract organs out of this human, and he's it's kind of funny actually. He's like, oh yep, it's all here and normal. I'm like, don't give me that shit. <laughs> But they used actual organs for all of these scenes, like animal organs. They tried to. There was an incident and they stopped doing it. Oh, I didn't read about that. It wasn't that bad of an incident, but they left some like awful on a set under the some dogs lights. Ate it. And then it every. No, it just smelled really, oh, it, really it, bad. Yeah, as it would. And so like, how about we give you all the foam rubber you want? How about that? <laughs> That's why the guy had Stop to go to the hospital. Stop bringing organ meat. <laughs> yes. He had salmonella. God. But yeah, so he's digging around in there and he's like, yeah, everything in here is human and normal. normal. And everyone's like, okay, doc. <laughs> I guess we trust that you. doesn't seem right. 
He has two faces, though. <laughs> but it's it's normal enough. And so now the husky gets to go to the kennel because they're like, put the husky in with the other dogs. Right. Because like, we're like, why is this dog just like walking around getting renaissance or like whatever? Mm-hmm. So I gen- I knew. Obviously, you know, the dog isn't right. No. You know that. He's being shot at the beginning. I did like, not. the biggest yes. foreshadowing in the world. I did not know what was about to happen was going to happen. Oh, I did. I didn't know, like, exactly. Like, I didn't expect the particular special effects that they gave. It was a lot more extravagant than I... I thought it was going to be, like, cheesy, like, 80s special effects where you just see a shadow of the dog transforming into an alien. Nope. They show you everything. And they keep showing you. And it was just like, oh, damn. Yes. It was very um, um, American Werewolf in London-esque where yes. like, you think that they're going to like give you a little bit and then cut to being like, done. Give you a taste. But no. Yeah. You just keep watching the whole they're thing. They're very confident. Yeah. They're very confident in their special effects and they don't pan away. And John Carpenter didn't want to do that. So we have like Bottin who was like, working his butt off and his whole team working their butt off and they were like very confident about their special effects and then you have carpenter who was horrified mm-hmm. and was like no like people are gonna laugh like just show a little bit and then cut away and then they didn't and people still hated it so but actually reg- regardless there's an extremely small scene that we skipped but i do want to talk about it and it was just it was right before this where we put the dog away and it's where the dog's mm-hmm. wandering around and he wanders into a bedroom. And mm-hmm. all you see is the shadow of a man's face. And the dog walks in and then it cuts to the next scene. And that's clearly foreshadowing. It's ominous. And later on, we know that that is where the alien first gets one of his first mm-hmm, victims mm-hmm. Is, is whoever was sitting in that bedroom. And it was driving me mad the entire movie trying to figure out who that first person was oh yeah they don't they don't give they you don't, clues they don't give you all. clues except we'll, we'll talk about it but the fan theories there's millions of clues if you look for them but i was really? trying to figure out who this guy was but based on his shadow and i finally gave up and the reason i couldn't figure it out is because he, he wasn't any of the characters yeah he was the guy at the at the blood test no he wasn't no, it he, that guy? It was a completely different person. He was not. He was in any of the twelve. He was just oh. a. Oh, I thought he it was a shadow of just a random person, so that you wouldn't be able to tell who it was, and that's why that I seems like still seems don't like know cheating. who it was. <laughs> seems like cheating, but that's okay. But yeah, so I'll allow it. We'll get to it, but that's how the first victim happened. That's how this starts. Yes, because this husky gets got. So. The husky is like laying down and all the other huskies are like, this this new guy seems kind of weird. And then they're like, ah, shit, we don't like this oh, guy. Sh- <laughs> well, he starts growling and I'm and I and he's like looking at the wall. So I thought that he I'm like, is he going to summon something? Is something going to come through mm. the wall? N- no. The husky's face just opens. <laughs> Rips right open. Tentacles it spew out of every square centimeter of the dog. Oh my god! It's cra- It's the craziest metamorphosis, and I, I like I, I could not look away. It was insane. And then it's like hosing down the other dogs with like substances and tentacles, slapping them and grabbing them, and it's it's bonkers. It's absurd. It goes off the chain real quick. And then all of a sudden, like there's people there, and they're just sort of watching it. And you can t- like they're not happy about it, but they're not like. I would react so much more. 
Oh, yeah, because Clark comes down and is like, something's wrong. Something it doesn't seem to be right, guys. <laughs> one one guy's like, Clark said get the flamethrower. And they're like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Let's just get it, shall we? <laughs> and they're just like watching. And I feel bad for Clark because Clark is like the dog handler who like loves the dogs a lot. And he's just terrified. And then they f- flamethrow the crap out of this creature. Uh, but Oh, my God, like. Like arms pop out, like clawed arms pop out and grab onto the ceiling, and you think he's gonna get away. You think he's gonna get away for a while. Actually, I thought he did, but then they flame him, and it's like he he doesn't doesn't get away. He doesn't get away, and that's what's great. So in this movie, there's a lot of times like this where you think that they got him, but they didn't. Right. Like they did, but they didn't. Because long story short, it's a shapeshifter, right? And it connects with whatever biological being is next to it and it can take its form. And that's why the scene of the innocent dog walking into the bedroom with the random person is so important because they do kill the dog alien, but someone else was already been, but it's too late. And that's where the whodunit aspect comes in. And that's why I really like this movie a lot because I love mysteries Mm -hmm. and this kind of is a mystery. Like you have to pay attention. Absolutely. You do. And even then, like, it's for not because Good luck. <laughs> they really don't want you to know who is and is not human. And from there on, th- from there on out, that's essentially the entire movie is like them who's trying to figure out who is not. human and who is not. But also you're in Antarctica. So like, what? right. So best of luck. <laughs> um, so this is where Blair starts cracking up. Blair is the biologist and he starts dissecting the wolf creature mm-hmm. and he kind of, pieces together that it's a single alien organism that's imitating other life forms through its attacks. He makes some huge leaps of logic. Let's be real clear. Well, like he opens him up and he's finding other shapes in him. And again, they show us this full autopsy, which is Yeah, again, I didn't think they would do that. Yeah, they, they show you everything. And so he's doing this autopsy. He's piecing it together for everyone. He's quite smart. And, um, then they, I don't what I don't know what happens next. Oh yeah, they do, they watch that video from the Norwegian team trying to get more information because they do not have enough information because clearly this didn't go well for them. So they're kind of trying to devo- avoid those pitfalls. And in the video, they see these Nor- this Norwegian team like form a circle in the ice and then use a bunch of bombs and stuff to uncover the sarcophagus. And that's all right. they show. And then they're like, okay, well, they're clearly like digging up something. And like they sort of debated about whether or not, I don't know. They just sort of debated like, is should we even bother? And it's just like, okay, so you have an alien dog creature that just like killed all of your other dogs. Look into it maybe. Well, your options are pretty Truly. Limited. So, well, at, at this point, they don't know that it has infected another being. No, they, they don't, don't, know, they don't that. know that yet. Although. And they're. They're trying to piece it. Blair is the one who starts piecing right. it together. And Blair at this point has already said it can imitate other organisms. So yes, at that point, I think I would already be kind of like, huh, suspicious. Well, he does because he goes with the dog handler down to check on the other dogs because he's like, oh, he spent a lot of time with these right. dogs. He, right? Yeah, like, he instantly up? doesn't trust him. And he instantly is like, you spent a lot of time with this dog, didn't you? Dog handler. Dog handler, man. <laughs> Whatever your role is here. And he's like, what are you alluding to? Nothing. Probably nothing. Just interested. <laughs> interested. Unrelated. Anyway, so they go and they check out the Norwegian area. And um, they piece together that 
it's prob it's probable that the Norwegians awoken it from an ice sleep by thawing it out and then it, because yeah, I mean they find a spaceship him. yeah like they go and yeah, they find so a, like an actual flying saucer a whole spaceship like, oh okay so probably an alien got it got it <laughs> cool <laughs> and I love the, we are then get treated. there and they're like how old do you think the spaceship is here he's like well this ice is probably a million years old and I'm like old. yes <laughs> like, well, you, know, you didn't know that <laughs> He's probably a geologist. I don't know. He knows more than probably. me. I don't know how he knows, but he looks like some old looks ice. Like, this ice looks very old. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when people tell me to age their pet, and I'm like, I don't... Three? three? I, I don't adult. Know. Adult years old. <laughs> I have no idea. But anyway, so now we have a flying saucer in the ground, an alien creature on the autopsy table, and everyone's like, well, this is not interesting oh they're like this is interesting we might get this is not interesting <laughs> like well we don't have chess anymore <laughs> well, so. well that where's our entertainment though <laughs> no they're like well this is not great this is bad and so this is i think where blair is like no yes. this is really bad this is exceptionally bad because he quickly just like sort of whips together this video game-esque like <laughs> computer animation i don't know how he did this like he created a simulation so quickly based on who knows what variables he put into this program what information does he have none as far as i'm concerned and then he creates this simulation where one cell infects the other and then it like masquerades as it and then it infects another and then it's like chances of one of your team members being infected (laughs) 75 percent. i'm like based on what data <laughs> how did you Chris, do that it's science you wouldn't understand yeah it, it so it's He's nonsensical but the scene is super important because it's like it confirms our suspicions that mm-hmm. someone is hella already an alien mm-hmm. and two it says that it gives all us of hard hu- numbers like if it got loose all of humanity will be infected in like what was it three years yeah three years except to put it in hours which i thought so was it was twenty seven thousand hours which is annoying <laughs> Yeah, the computer can make a- animations of cells being infected, but it can't convert Time. hours <laughs> to years. Can't do that. But real talk, that's kind of how computers in the 80s worked. So, yeah, fair. But so now so, it, it was nice because it sort of lays out the situation for the audience without seeming panhandling. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Because it kind of amps up like, oh, no, we need to handle this like, yeah. quickly. Someone <laughs> like is definitely today. infected. And it explains why he sort of goes off the rocker real quick. Fast. Real fast. That's not the only thing that explains it, but we'll, we'll head that direction True. soon. So <laughs> um, the, the assistant, the biologist assistant comes up to McCready um, and is like, I can't find the biologist. Where is he? And then he finds his notes about all that stuff and all the theories. And Blair has even more theories about how the aliens may have imitated a thousand other life forms all across space he's just going with it oh yeah yeah he, he makes a lot of leaps he's he, takes a lot he has a whole backstory for this alien he's <laughs> like his name was probably craig probably craig <laughs> but he doesn't want to be called that <laughs> that was his father's name <laughs> just like your father craig and so and so now we get like a series of scenes of mccready trying to prepare people and 
he's sort of also becoming aware of this idea that someone else is probably already an alien. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then there's the biology assistant guy who's like, hey, we should eat. We should prepare our own food. Our own food. We should only eat out of cans. Like if this is like infectious in any way, he's like, I'm pretty sure a single cell could do it. I think um, Blair says that like a single cell could be his enough. No- also, his who notes knows? Have it. Don't know why he knew that, but he just he just he knows. He looked at it with his eyeballs and <clears throat> he's like, a single cell. That's all it takes. Okay. You know what? Better safe than sorry, Christopher. Like I think that's super fair. I'd be like, Yes, sir. <laughs> Don't touch my food. <laughs> Washing my hands. Absolutely. But anyway, at this point so Blair Blair starts cracking up. Yeah. Blair's they, like they find him. <laughs> yeah. Go we ahead. finally we finally find Blair. And he's like, Well, for the sake of humanity, no one leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Which is terrifying. So uh, they go and they, they're hearing all these noises and they go and all of the helicopters have had all of the crap ripped out of them. So all their flying equipment is just destroyed. And then they go, they find Blair just guns a-blazing, swinging junk at all of the communication and transmitters and all the radios, just destroying everything. Right. Like and and jabbering on about like anyone who comes in real like fucking shoot you up right, and so at this point, and there's so many fan theories about who is and who is not an alien at, a, at any given point, but this part could either be he really is cra- like just losing it and he's like I don't want this thing to leave and none of us so none of us get to leave or he's the alien and he's making it more difficult for them to like do anything about it, but. It would be to the aliens' benefit for them to leave. I agree. So I don't think that I don't think that works. Yeah. But like again, who's to say? Who I'm is not going to gonna fight anybody on any theories on this one. Like, no. If you have a hill you want to die on, you you can have that hill. That's fine. Right. But I mean, we learn later that the alien is perfectly capable of creating its own ship out of here. Mm-hmm. So it would be best to get to the rest of humanity without anyone that knows it's, it exists. If I was the alien, I would just take over the trade post and then call for rescue. Yeah. That seems really easy. All right. You don't well, have to build anything. You weren't this alien, so. And this is, this is actually a key difference from the book. So in the book, the flying equipment and the radios aren't destroyed by Blair. Um, it's like a team a team decision to disassemble the helicopters and um, so that no one can leave. And they also don't destroy the radios. They're really smart and they keep communicating on them as if everything's fine as so they can can like prevent any rescue attempts oh that's smart yeah Mm -hmm. and very altruistic yeah i'm really like i'm really impressed with that but i do think this way is creepier it's way creepier and i like that someone's like just shooting up the joint i love it just like axing them let's do it anyway so they managed to subdue blair and like sedate him and lock him in a tool shed good yeah, good job. Good job, crew. <laughs> and um, so the next morning, we have this mob mentality, like crazy. Every- What's the opposite of mob mentality? What's the word I'm trying to go for? I don't. Trust no bitch. Is yeah, that the yeah. phrase I'm? <laughs> Probably. So everyone's like, don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> Do not. Because you don't know who is and who is at, is at, who is and who isn't at this point. Right. And we've all, all we know is that there's been a pair of underwear found ripped underwear with no name tag who did it belong to don't know but we do but this is how we get the idea that whenever the thing like possesses somebody like their clothes get shredded which is kind of an important 
right. clue for you sleuths out there. Right. And that goes into one of the many fan theories. Tell me. Well, so one of the many fan theories is that the clothing that the characters wear tells you if they are, if they are or are not an alien because of the whole tearing theory, right? And, mm-hmm. and, the, and it comes up multiple times, right? Like McCready is incriminated because they find the teared clothes. Yes. But then is that, was that set there by the alien to um, just make it look like it was McCready or was it actually McCready? Um, but most of the theories come down to the end scene and trying to figure out who is and who is not an alien in the end. Um, you do have to work backwards. <laughs> you do have to work backwards for, for all the theories. Um, Which is not um, a luxury that the crew gets. But yeah, so there, there's theories that like when you see characters change costume for no other apparent reason, it's because they're an alien. And so like that goes back to Blair because before when he's doing his program and everything, he's wearing a yellow um, button down shirt under his green suspenders. And then when he's tearing up the place, oh, he's his, not his that, yellow yeah. shirt is gone, but he's still wearing his suspenders. And it's kind of like, are you not wearing that shirt anymore because you got hot? from your rage or are you not wearing it anymore because it got ripped when you got assimilated into an alien creature? Did you Hulk out or did you alien out? Exactly. Well, we'll soon find out won't we, Chris? Exactly. We will. (laughs) But all, all of the theories come down to childs essentially. Childs, childs is a fascinating and pivotal character in this story. Absolutely. Love him. So anyway, we're not there yet. So we'll, we'll start moving a little bit faster, but we have the doctor on the crew who suggests doing like a blood serum test to see who can be infected. Um, he's being real smart. And then they go into the lab and the blood bags have all been slashed. Incredibly conveniently immediately after that conversation. Yes. And it, the, it, they've, it, they've been opened. The door's been opened. They've been slashed and the door's been closed and then locked. Again, this is so Agatha Christie. I love it. <laughs> it really is. I'm like, ooh, who had the key? <laughs> so only two people had the key and it was the doctor and I think McCready. It? No, it was the boss guy. It was the white-haired guy. The other, the original boss. Gary. 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 White-haired guy. Yeah. White, white-haired Gary. He's the guy with the gun. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this is enough to get the whole crew, like, pointing their guns and knives at each other. Yeah. Like, they see the blood. <laughs> and it was just literally just, like... You just whip it out. Some, like, weird standoff scene where everyone's, like... <laughs> it's like a quadruple standoff. It's fantastic. And then McCready kind of, like, steps in and is like, all right, I'm the leader around this joint. Mostly because Gary can't be trusted anymore because he's a prime suspect. Yeah. Well, and Gary says that. Yeah. Yeah. Gary's like, okay, like I get if you guys want me to be have that, have this gun right now. Like I feel you. <laughs> right. Let me just put this down. Please don't shoot me. And we, and we know for a fact because of a later scene that at least one person in all of these scenes is an alien at the time. It has to be. Yeah. Well, and, well, and we know one of them for sure. Like we know who he is because we learn who he is Yes, later. we do, because we see it. Um, but it's really interesting because we see in all of these scenes, he does not talk. He has a single line and it's off camera and he's completely out of, like, he is not the focus of any of these scenes. So that was intentional and the ca- the casting of that character was intentional. Oh, really? Like, I, no didn't, offense- I didn't know the casting yes. part. The casting, yes. Um, that I forget the actor's name, but they chose him because he just has like a very everyday man look. Mm-hmm. And he just blends in. Yeah. Like, real talk, until his eyes started popping out of his head, I did not notice him. <laughs> You're like, oh, he's here. Oh, and he's an who alien. Are you? <laughs> yeah. I need to catch up a little faster. My personal theory is that was it was him with the dog at the beginning, but I have no idea. That was my theory, too. That's what that's who I was talking about 
earlier. Yeah, that was my theory watching it. But I don't know. It could have been anybody. The internet has changed you. The internet changed me. It could have been fucking anybody. So now we're, we're down a bunch of people and we have Blair who's gone crazy. So now the assistant is taking over with the research. And um, long story short, someone disables the power to the lab. Right. And this guy goes off to get it and he doesn't come back and they found his like burnt up body. So they think that he like killed himself, got, got infected and then killed himself. Yeah. Which. Wow. That's metal af. I know. I mean, honestly, I would do it. You know, good does not come of it. No. Like we don't, we don't got a cure. <laughs> we do not got a cure. But we got buckets of gasoline. So what's the scene though with the guy with the alien hands? I feel like we skipped that. So we forgot something very important, and that was that one of the main characters, the one who got his leg grazed, who, if you remember, the dog was like hanging out under his feet at the very beginning, just licking a wound. Yeah, just looking a wound. And um, we see, we just see him running outside in the snow. And they're like, absolutely not. Go get him. <laughs> and it's a really creepy scene. And they all surround him. And he's, he's, he's like fully formed into one of their crew members. Only he has these hor- horrific, flat, long alien claw hands. Mm-hmm. And he just starts screeching. Right. And they're like, it okay, fuck that. They just burn him to death right there. Burn it. McCready's like gasoline burnt. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was right before Blair disables the helicopters because was. he was trying to like get away. And then Blair's like, fuck that shit. Nobody's Which, honestly, leaving. Honestly, like that's fair. At that point. Yeah. I'm on Blair's side. I'm on Bla- for a while. You know, for like a second. <laughs> <laughs> for a minute. Until he starts blasting everybody up. Yeah. But, so now back to where we are. We're going to get to my, my favorite death. And I think probably most people's favorite death. So there's... This is whenever they have the McCready issue where there's like the um, the ragged clothing with McCready's name on it. And um, they have McCready and Nalls who are going out to check things out at the shed. And on the way Blair back, Nalls... Where Blair is. And on the way back, Nalls has... Nalls finds that sweatshirt or the shirt that's all scratch up that has McCready on it. Mm-hmm. And, he, and you have to use these lines to get from place to place because you can't see because of the snow. Right. And so it's, and it's freezing. So you're using the line to get by... And he's like, let me go ahead and then cuts the line and runs. Right. And leaves McCready in the snow. And then he comes back and he's like, hey, guys, I found this. Super shady. He's definitely an alien. Maybe. And this is yeah. and this is a really interesting scene. So McCready gets to the door and we see the doorknob turning. And some of the crew guys are like, let's let him in. Some of them are like, Childs in particular is like, fuck no. No. Even if he's not an alien, <laughs> we're not taking that risk. And interestingly, the the curly-haired guy who is currently an alien is also like, let's just blast him. Let's just open the door and blast him, you know? Yeah. Well, what's he going to do? Be like, he's probably fine, you guys. Right? But I, I... That's a good way to get you blasted. Yeah, it's like, I don't I don't think... It, some people have argued one way or the other about whether the, whether or not that makes McCready an, like, likely to be a thing at the time. And I don't think it does because I think... They talk about He's it not. later about each thing is in for its own interest. And if I did, if I was a thing and I didn't want to get covered, I'd be like, fuck, let's blast everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'd blast everyone up. I don't care. Right. As long as I'm not the alien in yeah, your mind. I'm, don't look at me. <laughs> don't look at me. Let's Nothing barbecue this here. man. <laughs> but so McGreedy is not so easily um, bamboozled and he breaks no, in through McGreedy. the storage room window. 
And everyone's like, uh, no, we're going to kill you, though. And he's like, OK, but I have dynamite in my hand and a flare. And a flare. So come get me. And if I was them, I would just wait for the flare to burn out. But whatever. They don't do that for some reason. <laughs> and they and they try to rush him. And then what's his name? Dog guy? Is he uh, the one who has a heart attack who then we need to defibrillate? Who is he? No, he doesn't have a heart attack. The dog guy just gets shot in the head. Oh, yeah. He just gets shot in the head. Because he comes at McCready and he just gets shot in the head. Right. Dead. McCready kills him. Um, and then the other larger so, man has a heart attack. <laughs> uh, oh, no. I have his name. What is it? Uh, don't tell me. Hold on. I know so few of these actors' names. Norris. Okay. So Norris collapses. He has a heart attack. Yes. Because he's like, oh, I'm shook. <laughs> I am shook. This is, oh, this today is too much for my heart. <laughs> he's had enough. So he has a heart attack. They rush him to the back. Um, the doctor tr- starts like trying to do CPR very poorly because um, you can't crack an actor's ribs. And then they pull out the defibrillator paddles and they rub them clear. Doesn't work. They go to do it again. And as he goes to touch the paddles to his chest. The chest opens up into a monster mouth. Just big old mouth. <laughs> bites off the doctor's arms yeah. and eats and them. Eats them. <laughs> so the doctor falls back. And this whole sequence is really incredible. And it took them forever to film. It involved a stunt double who was a double amputee. Amazing. Wearing two fake arms made out of wax and gelatin. Mm-hmm. And and then, and a mask of the actor's face. And a mask of the actor's face. <laughs> That's the worst part. <laughs> and it looks really good. I went back and saw it because I had no idea it was a mask, and it looks fantastic. No, I did wonder how they did that because the stunt double you can't tell that it's a stunt double. You cannot tell. It looks amazing. Yeah. And so they they had. The actor for Norris was actually on that slab and like that's his face and that's his arms, which is why it looks so like his face looks legit. But the rest of it is just this machine body that they put on top of him. Right. And then they have the double amputee, but like the mouth and everything, no green screens. All of that is real. Yeah. It's just a big robot. It is a, a big robot action that actually grabs those arms and bites them off and eats them. Wow. Which you you just can't get these days. You just can't. That just doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> just doesn't happen. And so then everyone falls back and then the mouth stomach thing just spurts a huge fountain oh, of green great. slime. <laughs> and then a long beanstalk like structure shoots out with the <laughs> with the guy's head on it. Yeah. The head like separates from the body and then rolls away. And they flamethrow, they torch the body, but the head's like using its tongue as an oar to like slide away. Mm-hmm. And then it rolls over and like sprouts spider legs and just shuffles and away shuffles. in the background. Yeah. Fantastic. Art. Simply art. I mean, this whole scene is like so ridiculous. And just when you think that it's, like the alien can't up itself, they up the oh, ante please. every single time they do it. Every time. It's better every time. And here's the thing to imagine being. Like, you're going to be the special effects artist or creator on this horror movie. Okay, I probably, I'm probably going to have to make a few monsters. That's fine. <laughs> but it's this one. It's like, no, it cannot look the same every time you look at it. It has to be different. It has to be different every single so time. So it's different every time. And it works differently. And it looks differently. And that's insane to and me. And I can't imagine, like, A, dreaming them up and then being like, yeah, I could do that. And then making and them. Then making and, and then it. the And so the mouth, the first time they did it, it just didn't. 
they didn't like the way it worked. It was just too bloody or whatever. And John Carpenter's like, okay, like that was dumb. Do it again. Try it again. <laughs> yeah, do it again. And the special effects guy's like, that's not that's not how it works. Like everything came out of the chest. I got to remake the chest. Yeah, this was a He's one like, shoot Wait. thing. <laughs> yeah, like it's. And they had to do it twice. And then the other time, it and the other time it caught on fire. So that's nice. Because <laughs> someone was like trying to use a striker around the gas, and it wasn't striking, wasn't striking, wasn't striking, and then it blew up. Right. So I'm just saying, I'd, I'm not surprised this guy went to the hospital for exhaustion. Not at all. Like, bless his heart. Poor little guy. But this scene is actually um, the first time I actually suspected McCready was an alien. And it's because I swear when we see the alien turn in the alien head turn into a spider and start to crawl away, McCready sees it and says nothing. He doesn't see it. I swear to God he sees it. And then it gets He's looking straight ahead and you see it in the back. No, it's he, it's on the ground and then it crawls around behind them. And I swear to God he saw it. And then it gets into the hallway and someone else turns around. And it's like, oh my God. And then McCready turns around and he's like, ugh. And then flames it. But I swear to God he saw it and was given mm. it its little chance to crawl away. Maybe. I disagree. I mean, but again, we'll get to the end and who we think is and is not an alien. But that was just the first time in the movie where I was like, McCready, are you an alien? <laughs> <laughs> no, but really. But, but really. <laughs> but could you be? But so, yeah, McCready's in charge now. took everybody's now again. guns. That's when I was like, mm. mm. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, so McCready has the guns. McCready has the flamethrower because they gave it back. He's got the TNT. For apparently no reason. They forgive him. And he's like, okay, guys, so this has been fun. Um, We're going to figure this out. Now. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) And so he ties everyone up. And he makes... Can you imagine how terrifying that would be if you thought that he was the alien? So fucking terrifying. (laughs) So he... Everyone's tied up now. And he's like, I have a theory based on the whole, um, based on some of the loose evidence that we've sort of ascertained up till now. And he's like, he's like, I have this wild crackpot idea that if I just take blood from you, the alien blood will run away from a hot needle because each individual cell acts as its own organism, which Blair postulated. I think it's really clever. You know, with no evidence, but it it is very very clever. It easily could have not worked. It easily could have not worked, and I don't think anything would have been proven either way. Yeah, you were like, well, that was a was wash. Like, well, that was cool. Now let's start shooting everyone again. So he gets petri dishes, and then at flame thrower point, <laughs> gets um, what's his name? The guy who incriminated him of all people to like child. S- no, not child. Child is tied up. Oh, you mean the guy who's helping him? Isn't that a uh, window or something? I don't know. Nalls. Nalls. Yeah. Nulls. The guy who incriminated him. Nalls. And so he's like walking around slicing everyone's thumb open with a scalpel blade to get blood, which <laughs> so unnecessary. I thought they were going to do like a little finger prick. He's like, slice. <laughs> Make it rain, <laughs> boy. issues than stitches. <laughs> well, they kind of fill up that Petri dish. Yeah. So they fill up the Petri dish in a Petri dish with everyone's blood. And then he heats up a little like wire. With a flamethrower and sticks it into everyone's blood. And the first two or three. It's a tense do nothing. scene. It's so tense. I held my breath the whole time. And you time. can tell that all, all the characters are like, they don't think it's going to work. They're, they're, but they're well, also worried. Also, like, what the fuck if it works? <laughs> yes. 
they're and they're also like maybe i am an alien i don't know because all of them they're like their shoulders relax like they they breathe as soon as it like just doesn't do anything which is so, so you know everyone's like maybe i am an alien yeah, exactly just so upsetting because everyone's like oh god what if my blood does run away <laughs> and this this is in the book too so i think i just thought that was really cool. yeah and so it doesn't run away from most people's and then we have what three people left yeah and it's Childs, uh, Gary, and mm, Gary. the guy who is, we've deliberately not the been The Invisible Man. <laughs> yes. And so we get to Invisible Man's blood, and it's so startling, actually. I jumped a little bit. He, like, sticks the hot needle into it, and the blood's like, blah! <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, shit, yeah, it, it worked. It, the blood leaves. <laughs> the blood is out, all right? Left the building. <laughs> and so... So the other, the two tied up guys are like, well, fuck, we were literally tied to this man. Right next to him. Like, like they're all tied to the chairs and they're all tied together. And this actually I thought was kind of funny. And I think they intentionally, they intentionally played it to be a little bit funny. Of him transforming next to them and they're like screaming. (laughs) And they're like trying to lean as far away as they can. Right. Like that's going to make a difference. I do think, um, and another huge fan theory comes out of this scene. And it's because of a brilliant move of cinematography, which is in the scene leading up to this point and before, like right before his blood gets stuck with the hot needle, they zoom in on his face and his eyes have no light glistening off of them like a normal eyeball would. And so it's sort of like this clue that he's, his eyes are like dead, right? Like I never saw Like he's that. not really there. And it spawns this whole fan theory about how no eye glisten means... I, I was about to say, then they go watch it for the 18th time and pause it, everyone's eye glisten. Yeah, and you're like, are you an alien? Well, and again, it all comes down to Childs and MacReady at the end. Yes. Because MacReady clearly has an eye glisten oh my God. in the end scene, and Childs does not. And so everyone's like, oh, fuck, Childs is an alien. It totally doesn't hold up, though, because Alien Boy in this scene has an eye glisten like a minute before while he's tying up, while he's like putting the bodies on the table. So it wasn't like a consistent move on their part. No. They literally just did it for that one scene. That's just to mess people up for a few generations. Yeah. So I don't think that I don't think that fan theory holds up at all for deciding who else is an alien. But it was a cool and very intentional piece of cinematography for that scene. Interesting. I did not know that. And you can thank the cinematographer from Halloween for that. So. Yeah. So now now what's going on? So so they so, so they torch him. McCready yeah. torches him. He blood tests the other two guys and they're clean. I, and then we have that great line where Gary's like, if it's not too much of an inconvenience. <laughs> I would like. Could to- you untie me from the couch? <laughs> so good. But the scene is super valuable because it, di- it does tell us that everyone in this room is not an alien because the test right really now. worked right so everyone at yeah. this moment is not an alien so the only one who we don't know are you an alien is blair yes blair and so that's why they're like all right now we need to go give the test to blair and mccready did he test his own blood yes he okay. did he did his like first i think okay i don't remember that yeah he definitely tested his own blood but that definitely i think just dis- throws his whole we found your tattered clothes that throws that theory out the window yeah, so he was framed. Right. Absolutely. He was framed as so discord, so which means the aliens are smart. Right. So up until now, only only Blair's an alien. Possibly. Possibly. Except almost certainly, I guarantee it. Except he Except has he to literally be. has so, to be. <laughs> no one else is. 
so we have McCready, we have Childs, we have Gary, and we have Nalls. And so, wait, what about Windows? Who is Windows? <laughs> he's the, he's like the, he's not the cook. Oh my gosh. Windows, he's like the young kid with the brown face. Ugh, I can't remember. Is he alive right now? <laughs> okay. Imagine if they had done this with the original 37. Imagine. That's all I'm <laughs> I just have notepads full of information in front of me. So we have McCready, Childs, Gary, and Nalls, and they're not infected. So they tell Childs to stay behind and watch camp, and the other three are going to go. Um, to give the blood test give to Blair. To Blair. But we know he's an alien. And then. You know, he's an alien. And we find the shed and he's empty. He's snuck through the floor in the past like three days of their bickering. And they're like, well, that's suspicious. Who gave him a spoon? (laughs) And they see that he's been building a spaceship under in a tunnel under the camp. Right. Or at least someone has, but probably him. (laughs) Who else would it be? I don't know. It could be anybody. So he's been building a spaceship underground in this little (laughs) chamber. And they're like, well, that's pretty fucked. And so they go up there and they're going to like figure out how to solve it. But then they see Childs leave. Being suspicious as hell. Being suspicious as hell. <laughs> run. And like run out of the main off, like run out of the main building. Right. And then the power turns off. Which is super shady, Childs. <laughs> <laughs> but actually there's a scene just before that where the camera pans from the door to the boiler room, which is down the stairs. And then it yes. pans from there and then it goes up to Childs. Right. Yes. And Childs is sitting at the door. Yeah, they're telling you something. They're telling you that Childs got got, okay? <laughs> or at least I don't know. maybe. Is is that what you think? We'll see. We'll, we'll see what see. I think. See. So Childs goes out and be, is like gone, be suspicious. And the, then the power goes out. But we don't know if it was Childs who knocked the power out or Blair who is up to now missing, right? Yes. So they throw the So they throw dynamite down the hole, blow up the spaceship, and so at this point, the thing pretty much has no out. The thing has one yeah. chance of getting out of this place, which is to freeze again and like kill them all and, and wait again. for someone else to to come on thaw. And so it's actually brilliant. Like turn off, the, shut off the power. Everyone else is going to freeze to death just like and die. And the alien yeah. has already proven that it can withstand it can withstand, you know, being frozen for very, very long periods of time. So it's like, fine. Yes, I'll stay here. But. No one go, no one getting away and like, yes, you know, telling the world about me. But this is where I think that the the, rem- the remaining survivors are just really noble and awesome mm-hmm. and brave as hell because they they immediately put together what that what's happening. Yeah. I mean, they sure. they explained that to me. I didn't figure yes. that out. <laughs> <laughs> they, they immediately put it together and they say, "Well, we're not making it out of here. Like, drop drop all down. Damn it, neither is it." <laughs> Yeah, but it's not freezing again. So let's heat some let's heat some things up. Which I'm like, I don't know and how this is going to work. Making Molotov <laughs> <Yeah>. cocktails. <laughs> Which I thought was a really bold move. I didn't think it made sense to just burn down the compound. That didn't make sense to me. What else do they have? What else do they have, Chris? But I mean, you're not going to heat up the alien indefinitely. Eventually the fire will go out and its plan will still have worked. Mm-hmm. All it has to do is like avoid you while you burn down the place which is kind of an argument that people have made for why mccready is an alien at this point because he's the one who leads the charge at burning down the place which really just helps the aliens cause at that point as far as i'm concerned 
like a better use of time would be to not separate and hunt down Childs and McCready and then interrogate them. Interrogate? With the blood shoot test. Shoot them. Shoot them. Okay, I just assume no. both of them are. No time for that. <laughs> like, no more blood tests. No tests. more blood testing. Burn it. I don't know. If I was an alien, I probably wouldn't be running full force into a giant um, fire cave, which is pretty much what they made. So I'm 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 more in favor that McCready is not an alien, but I'm also a little bit of an optimist. Fair. So anyway, so, they burn the place anyway. down, and then they end up. <laughs> no, you can't. They end up oh, underground. No. Yes. Yeah, so they um. They go and they set up all these TNT charges, and we see Gary get attacked by Blair, and we because ha- Blair's fucking infected obviously we have that cool effect of blair putting his fingers underneath the skin of gary's face super to, like, gross. silence him it was great and again a new effect that they hadn't done like each effect is totally different right and it disproves and then, that the alien has to uh, disrupt your clothes to assimilate you because he didn't have to do it to kill him i've watched true. so many fan theory videos kate no, of people I, like coming up with theories people disproving other people's theories People making videos disproving theories that they previously posted. It's incredible. And honestly, this is <laughs> disproving their own theories. I love it. Well, that's the thing. Like you can you can subscribe to whatever belief you want, honestly, with this, because nothing is set in stone. And they never tell you the answer. And I love that. I think that's brilliant. It makes it so rewatchable. I like I really like it. So anyway, this is also kind of a comedic scene for me at least, because obviously everyone's freaking infected and McCready puts that together. Well, because Nalls goes in and is like, hey, where'd, he, where'd those two go? Where'd he, where'd, yeah. where'd he go? So then he Poor gets Nalls. got too. And so now it's yeah, just McCready. Childs is somewhere. And he's like, hey guys, where are and you? the alien. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> and so then he just runs for the plunger, like the, the Wiley Coyote t- TNT plunger. Right. And he runs for it. And then you see this giant alien tentacle pop out of the ground and just like Suck it grab it. <laughs> and then an alien who is eerily reminiscent of an actual Tyrannosaurus Rex pops out of the earth. Like I the scariest love... whack-a-mole you've ever seen. Oh, yes. It's it's the they call it like the Blair thing. That's what everyone calls it because it, it has Blair's face and it's the final kind one. Kind of his face. And have you seen Annihilation? No. I feel like you have. Okay. Well, Annihilation is also like a sci-fi-ish. It's a sci-fi horror. So horror-ish sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And in it, there is a bear that gave me nightmares for a month. And um, it's a bear that kills someone. And then it has like the the face of that person Wait, is that on that the Natalie side Portman of its film? face. Yes. Yes. You know what bear I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do. They 100% borrowed or were inspired by the Blair thing. Because mm-hmm. it looks just like it. It has like the giant maw with the teeth, and then right on the face is that right on the side is that screaming human face, Ugh. which is so innovative and creepy. And then also, don't worry, there's like a wolf popping out of its chest. There are tentacles. Oh yeah, there's stuff to look at. He's like, I'm pulling out all the tricks. <laughs> this is all the people I've stolen from you, McCready. That's right. It's and great. then McCready's like, fuck you, and throws a Molotov cocktail at it. And then he he like makes a run for it, and then there's a massive explosion of which he survives. Of which he yeah. survives. And so now, and so there's so oh, so this is the ending scene, and pretty much the entire movie hinges on this last moment, right? Yes, it the does. significance of this movie, the horror of this movie, like even more than any of the special effects we've seen. I think this scene is 
easily the best scene in the movie because it is so much scarier to me. Right? Yes. And so... So well acted. So pan over to McCready, who is sitting down in like what's left over of one of the buildings, you know, and he's sitting there and he's got a bottle of scotch scotch in his hand. (laughs) And then it looks like he's about to take a drink and then someone comes up behind him and it's Childs. And he looks around and he's like, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> like, <laughs> Explain yourself. Like, for real though, Childs, where the hell have you been? And he's like, oh, well, I saw Blair and I ran it. I ran out after him, right? And McCready's like, mm, maybe. And so they're like, who's to say? Who's to say? So Childs sits down. McCready offers him the scotch. He takes a drink and McCready laughs to himself also important and then Charles is like so what do we do and then McCready's like I guess we just wait and see what happens and then that's it that's the movie oh god okay so I want to break down just for a minute all of these fan theories so there's the theories that we've already talked about so the the closed continuity theory was a big one and a lot of people support that one and part of it was because Childs looks like he's wearing a beige color jacket in this end scene where in previous scenes indoors he was wearing a navy blue color jacket and in the scene where it pans from the boiler room up to him the jackets behind him hanging on the wall there's like a blue jacket a green jacket and two beige jackets and then Mm -hmm. the next scene where the door is left open because he had like ran out those jackets are in a Mm -hmm. totally different order and the blue jacket is gone so had Blair come up from the boiler room which makes sense and gotten Childs ripped through his jacket and then just grabbed the other one explains why they're, they're different and why he would um, still have a blue jacket later because people who have gotten like Blu-ray versions of this movie and like upped the light and like did all these different like editing things post film have shown that he's not wearing a beige jacket in the end. He's wearing a blue jacket with frost on it. He is wearing a blue jacket jacket. He is. Okay. So the clothes theory is kind of out for that reason although he, he could still be wearing a blue jacket because of that scene but i think more likely it's just the filmmakers put the jackets up in a different order and it's actually just a continuity error i think that's far more likely that makes more sense makes than so much more sense because like why rearrange the other jackets just take the one you need it doesn't make sense yeah to me. i also probably wouldn't have i don't like even if even if i knew that to be true i don't think i would torch someone over wearing a different colored jacket right the second, the other theory, the eye gleam theory, it already doesn't work because of previous aliens. That doesn't work. Yeah. This, <laughs> it's, I love it scene, though. If you zoom in and increase the focus, like there is still an eye gleam because this is 1982 and they couldn't edit out shit like that. So was it important? No, of course to, like, not. Were they trying to get rid of it? Who knows? But the theory Maybe. still doesn't work. The last theory, which is doing the best they one can. of the biggest theories um, and probably the most longstanding is that child's or McCready has frost breath when he's talking and Childs doesn't. And everyone has had this thing like, oh, you're not human because you don't have frosty breath. On one hand, I don't... Why would th- his breath be different? I don't I don't know why it makes sense because it's still a creature that would have moist breath. I don't understand why that wouldn't work. Um, but in interviews, when they interviewed the actors... Um, what do the actors know? The actors don't no. know any of well, it. Interestingly, the, the actors in all of these interviews are like, we don't know. Like, he's like, I don't know if I was an alien at the end or not. Um, 
but I, he's like, I never put that together. I thought it was just because I was close to the fire. Maybe I didn't have breath or whatever. Fear not. People who did a bunch of post editing, you can, he's definitely does have frost breath. He's just like a little bit more shadowed. So it's harder to see. But that again, with that cinematography, trying to hide it, probably I don't not. know, probably not. I don't buy the breath theory. I don't buy the eye gleam theory and I don't super buy the clothing theory either. But so there's this other theory that because so McCready laughs when he gives him the bottle of scotch drink, right? Did he laugh yeah. because he gave him a bottle of scotch and his alien saliva infected him? And he's like, well, let's just see what happens now that we're both aliens. Or there's another theory that he gave him the bottle and the bottle's actually full of gasoline and not scotch and that child would know and that the alien wouldn't know that that's not what scotch tastes like. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, it makes sense that the bottle would be full of gasoline just in the sense that it's the same bottles they were using for the Molokov cocktails. That's fine, but childs would know what scotch tastes like if he's an alien because they absorb all of the memories and knowledge of the person they i affect. agree like the aliens can speak so that's, english that's when they're simple, aliens also they have memories they have the memories gasoline would probably be like what the fuck did i just put in my mouth <laughs> mm, mm, earth drink petrol <laughs> <laughs> so i don't buy that theory either the only thing that we do know is john carpenter has come out and said yes one of them is an alien. Has yeah, he? Yeah, in an interview that he gave in one of the documentaries, he's, he finally, after years of being questioned, he's like, yes, one of them is an alien. But he's never said which. And all of these fan theories like are built and they fall down. And who Yeah, knows? but here's the thing. When would McCready have been infected in a way that Childs couldn't have been? Because we follow McCready closely all the way from the blood test to the end. Childs, we don't. But we don't see McCready. So he throws the Molkov cocktail at the alien, and then we see an explosion, and then there's like a time lapse when we see him again. Why? If he survived, I feel like he would have just been McCready and Blair. You know what I mean? Like if that alien survived, then it survived. I mean, it might have, you know. If it didn't, then it didn't. Didn't want to take the chance. I don't. Of mm, like child still being out there. Again, I'm not going to fight anybody on their opinions on this one because. There is no right answer, no. regardless of what. I don't even think that. I don't think John Carpenter is right. And like, I think like I he's he directed it. He didn't write it. So like, I think Childs is an I think alien. He's just. I think Childs is a hundred. Childs is a hundred percent an alien. <laughs> a million percent. Hundred yeah. thousand percent. Just rant. I mean, and I I don't know. I I wouldn't have lit him up, but also yeah, I would have. <laughs> so <laughs> I would have lit us both up because it's either that. Or we're going to freeze to death in the snow. And if that happens and one of us is an alien, then that's super bad. But if we die by a fire, then yeah. this is contained. I think my favorite theory for why Childs is the alien is because he drinks from the bottle. And I think the reason McCready laughs is because he's like, oh, fuck, you are an alien. And it's because they had already had that thing where like we eat out of our own cans. We make our own food. We don't cross contaminate. <gasps> and then Childs is like, yeah, I'll take your drink. I like that. And then McCready's like, um, that what why I like. would you blunder like that? Why would you accept my drink when I could be an that alien? One I like. Which to me says like Childs yeah. is like, I don't have to worry about getting infected. I'm a fucking alien. But at the same time, like what does Childs have to lose? Like at this point. It's I like, also just think the cinematography showing I'm like the boiler room and then him, it, it's him too... running out and being weird. Like if he had seen Blair acting he suspicious, was being so weird. why would he run out alone? 
Like you'd go get the others and be like, hey guys, I just saw Blair running around. Like that's not good. Well, maybe not. Like maybe not because at the same time we know we're pretty sure Blair's infected and he knows that Blair's probably running off to go freeze. And if he escapes and that's it. But like he so runs it's, out it's a before solid the alibi. power runs out. I just, I don't think it makes sense for Childs to chase Blair alone. I probably would have chased Blair if I you knew are that so Blair was rash. <laughs> I Well, yes, but at the same time, if Blair runs and Blair escapes, like everything is for naught. That's true. Like you are not going to find him snuggled down in the Antarctica snow during a snowstorm. You're not going to find him. You, you have eyes on him. Go. Yeah. Okay. But I think that I ultimately, I think it adds to Childs being an alien. I would probably do what they did, which is just sat in a mix of like relief and fear. Right. (laughs) And just wait to shoot the other one. I agree. I think if neither of them were aliens, they would have just made a suicide pact. Yeah. That's so that that's my point, too. And that's why I said you just light each other up like that. That's it. Yeah. Easy enough to do. McCready's super good at it. Right. So let me just briefly hit on the alternative endings. Um, So there was one ending where McCready escapes and uh, gets a blood test from rescuers and is proven not to be infected, which is what the the studio really wanted because it's... No, I don't like you it. You know, E.T. E- it's very E.T. And Carpenter was like, that is cheesy as hell. I don't think very E.T. <laughs> well, it's like a very, like, tie it together, no loose strings, happy-ish ending. And that's what the people wanted at that time, being my yeah. point. And Carpenter was like, no. And so then they did an, an alternative ending that they... It's the same shot, but they just edited Childs out entirely. So it's just McCready. And that was actually picked as the final product whenever they tested it because it tested better with audiences. So the studio was like, yeah, let's do that because it was Because he still ambiguous. like won. Yeah, he still won. But Carpenter was like, no, that's lame. <laughs> the ending and they chose is easily d- the best. Oh, it's one of the best endings of any movie I've ever seen. Like the fact that people didn't like it. Like, I'm sorry you're going through a recession, but like get over yourselves. This is a <laughs> great movie. And then so I have a quote that I love. It's from one of the Universal execs. Um who like all of the studio hated the ending because it was so nihilistic and they said and i quote think about how the audiences will react if they see the thing die with a giant orchestra playing oh <laughs> which my like God. if that's not hollywood playing it safe giving the people what they want like i don't know what it is well i mean and would you even want this particular soundtrack the soundtrack was nominated for a razzie for worst soundtrack i don't think that's fair like it's just a very minimal soundtrack oh, yeah. intentionally which I also like. I hate that a lot of these 80 movies use the soundtrack to let you know something scary is about to happen. Yeah. This, this one doesn't. Like they, they are no, at no aspect of this movie are they trying to let you know what's going on. You'll know when their head explodes. Yeah, right. Then you'll know it's an alien. <laughs> you'll know when we tell you. And that's pretty much the only time you'll know. All right. I'm, I got, what's your opinion? Please tell me. This movie's fucking fantastic. What? Yes, I honestly think. I honestly think this is one of the best movies we have reviewed to date because Chris, this is the best movie I've seen in a very long time. This is one of my, this is like horror aside. This is one of my top three favorite movies. Now the ending is easily, I think probably the best ending out of any of the movies we've done. Like so ominous. It's like I said, I think it's, that's the scariest part of the movie. I thought, I mean, it didn't sacrifice having a plot. It didn't sacrifice having fleshed out characters. The acting was the good. The plot was fantastic. Yeah, it had it had everything that a movie's supposed to have. And then just had really incredible horror effects and then a very nihilistic, ominous ending. It was, it was great. And it was old enough so that I happy. wasn't actually scared 
watching the movie. So that helped. I put my I put my dog in quarantine when I watched it, which was just his bed. Okay, well, I guess we'll never watch Cujo either then. <laughs> oh. Yeah, definitely if you're going to watch this with your dog, like put him somewhere close to you that you can pat him frequently. And make sure that he's not an alien. Xander's still in quarantine. Oh, God. He doesn't care. He's very lazy. So for me, if we're going to go to our ranking on our Tumblr. So yes. guys, if you haven't checked it out, Go to nightlighthorrormovieclub.tumblr.com and there's a scoreboard there for you and it's all of the movies we've ever done. And this is the 35th movie. Yes, it is. Chris, I really want this to be the new number one. I agree. <laughs> ah, yes! Amazing. Oh my God, I honestly ah, can't believe. Yes. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'm so happy I could cry. I thought that we were, yes. I didn't think it was going to be this easy. Like, well, like, I knew you were going to love this movie. And I knew I liked it, but I didn't expect us to. No, like this is one of the best movies I've ever I've seen. I've also really wanted A Quiet Place to get knocked out of number one for a while now. What What were we? We were just enchanted. That needs to I get mean, away. I mean, it's such a good movie. It's just. It is not in the same. It's just so different. We have a no take backs rule, so we can't fix it. But the thing is way better. The thing is so good. Oh my god, here it is. I'm very, very pleased. Very, John Bren, Carpenter's favorite movie and ours. And ours. Bren, well done. Thank you so much. So if if you wanna try to if you wanna try to outdo Bren, um, good luck. But we have our email, like I've said, nightlight horror movie club at gmail.com. We have an Instagram, a Twitter, and a Facebook. Hit us up on any of those. Give us your thoughts on today's show. Give us your suggestions for another movie. Or if you just want to argue about who was or wasn't an alien. Yeah, because honestly, anyone could Give be, except it was obviously Childs. So, except Childs is an and, alien. And I talked a lot about fan theories. If you have your own personal fan theory, oh my God. Let's hash it out. I would love to talk. I've, I'm, live for that I'm basically obsessed with the fan theories of this film at this point. <laughs> and I would love to hear yours. Give us give us one that holds water. None of them do except for my own. Anyways. So, <laughs> so next week is the Christmas holiday week. And so we thought it would be fun to do another Christmas special. Last year we Since did. Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> Last year we did Silent Knocked Night, Deadly Night. Park. Best Christmas horror film ever made. I don't think we're going to yes. beat it. But uh, Kate, what are we doing this year? So I really want to do Black Christmas. Okay. Which has a solid 15% on Rotten Oh, well, way to give my job away. Thank you for that. Well, that's kind of why I picked it, Chris. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love it. Which Black Christmas? I think there's more than one. I think that this is the main one. Black Christmas 2006. All right. So next episode, we'll do the 2006 Black Christmas. Very excited. And yeah, please join us next time and watch that movie along with us. Yes. We will see you guys next time. See ya.